Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I'm Jerry. We've got uh, David and Max here. We're back from Dubai. David <laughs> has survived going out with the, the team. Uh, David, uh, what did you guys do when you went out? Um, we didn't steal any taxis, uh, but there was, there was some good times. Uh, the weather was warm. As you can see, they took my tan off me at customs, um, so I'm back to being pale, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we, we kind of signed an agreement that 90% of what happened we couldn't talk about, so I'm going to have to keep quiet, I'm afraid. That's right. I've I've heard you mention that you've been to Vegas before, so you clearly have brought that with yeah. you, the concepts, the motto. Yeah, uh, let me less there for later life. Yeah, I could tell it was eventful because yeah. you started it off with saying something you didn't do. Yeah. It's kind of like, what? Yeah. We did everything. We actually have a match this weekend. It's crazy. After after we've had, like, it seems like forever since we've actually watched Everton play. For all the pod people out there, we are starting things off with a Watford preview, and then we're going to do a Remember Me. Okay? Remember Me, this track. Remember that guy? He's a thing still. So we'll talk about him in a bit. Uh, next, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to take it away from football, but we're going to keep it on sports. So what sports do David and Max and myself, what do we watch and who do we support and all that kind of stuff and why, all right? And we will finish it up with transfer rumors from the past. We're going to get in our DeLoreans and look at some of the crazy stuff, the crazy rumors that were happening many years ago, as far back as 2004, okay? So, gentlemen, let's start with a Watford preview. I'm going to rattle off a bunch of stuff and then I'll hand the baton to Max because he has a really good opposition view with John from the podcast from the Rookery End, that is that is on our channel already. You should check that out as well. All right. So quickly, Watford are 11th in the table uh, with 30 points. They are 8, 6, and 13. That is their uh, overall record. Recent matches, they lost 2-0 to West Ham. I'm going to point out I said nil and not zero. Hmm. Because I've, I've caught some wagging fingers about that recently. Uh, they also beat Chelsea 4-1. And they drew with Stoke. Probable lineup, they'll probably have Carnesis in goal. Mariapa, Prodel, Holebas, Janmat, Ducore, Capu, uh, Zegelar, some guy named De La Feu, Troy Dini, and Richarlison probably be up front. Uh, Dangerman, I think we have to assume that uh, Ducore is a solid player. Richarlison, who we've seen before as well, and De La Feo, who we know uh, better than a lot of the people who play on our team now. So, uh, guys, I, let, Max, you spoke with John about about Watford. Uh, give us the inside scoop. Um, well, something that I kind of drew from the chat with John was since Javi Grassi has come in, it's very much a, a feeling out process for him of getting used to playing in the Premier League. He, he um, particularly mentioned that game against West Ham, which you know I, I looked over and Watford weren't particularly poor in that match. It was just two defensive errors that led to goals, mm. and um, that was that really. Um, so as John said, it was pretty much okay that for for. Gracier, it was the idea of okay, this is what it's like to play West Ham, this is what it's like to play in the play in the Premier League, and I assume that would be the same for every game come going forward um, for Watford. So again, I assume you know they got that monumental win over Chelsea, which I'm sure will go down in in recent Watford history, um, and that was a Vicarage Road as well. So I'm sure being back in front of their own fans, they'll want to keep a good home form running. Mm. And I'm also thinking they're going to remember the last time we played them. Mm, Maybe have definitely. a little, little uh, payback on their mind, one would think. Um, so, uh, David, out of the danger men I just mentioned there, De La Feo and Richarlison, uh, how are we going to compete with that speed? Because in a minute I'm going to ask you for your lineups, but and I feel like it's a natural segue to that, but what are we going to do about these fast guys on the outside? Um, I don't know. Well, 
what, what can you do really? There isn't much pace in our team, especially near the back. Um, so it's tough. You know, they, they, they are two very good players. They're, the only thing we can hope for, I mean, certainly in De La Feo's case, he's got a lot of inconsistency to his game. So um, does, does the fact that he's going to be playing an old club so will he want to be that next level? Potentially, yes. Um, but equally, I, I feel like if you're quite... If you're quite rough with De La Fe, we can go missing very quickly. So that's maybe how I'd, I'd deal with him. You know, a couple of early strong challenges. They don't need to be illegal cha- challenges where you're giving away stupid fouls. But, you know, just a bit of strength with him. I think you can see him out the game early on. Um, as I said, he can be one of those players that goes missing where it's not going his way. Um, same for Richardson. I think, he. I mean, he's, he's been very good this year, but I'd probably treat him the same way. You know, these kind of quick and nimble players, you've got to be quite tough with them early on. And I do believe our defence is capable of that. You know, what we're lacking in, in pace, we've certainly got a bit of strength there. We haven't always seen it this year, but I think uh, that's probably the best way we're going to be able to deal with them. Yeah, part of me wishes that we had a couple of uh, kind of wingbacks that will bomb forward. Because mm. I think about De La Feo, and one of the things that people criticised him about is fitness. So if we had somebody who was bombing down that left side, he would be having to constantly track back and defend, and he'd be worn out pretty quickly. But that's, that's not like, really where we're at, is it? Yeah, well, that's like Koeman was so quick to keep him up the side, wasn't he? Because he wasn't doing his defensive duties. And that's certainly something we should be exploiting. Yeah. I was just going to say that. You know, I, I was glad that you kind of brought that up because, you know, whatever – wing that he gets placed on I feel if we overload that side and try and exploit that side always try and shift it over and get it f- flow crossing I- I'm assuming the ass is gonna gonna start up front even though I might not, I don't necessarily want him to start again I want Tosin to start but I'm assuming the ass is gonna start so you know we're gonna be getting crosses into the box and we all know that Delafeu isn't notorious for his defensive work so I feel like we can we can definitely exploit them in that sense uh, Max, do you want to give the rest of your lineup there, just to kind of um, put us into well, that segment? <laughs> yeah, I think obviously Pickford in goal, Martina at left back, who I think it's worth noting that he's nowhere near as poor as he was say a few weeks ago. He's definitely improved, and I've, I've seen recently he's commented on he's been used, he's been working on using his left foot with Duncan Ferguson in training. So you know, credit to the lad at centre back. Um, Dubai playboy Mason Holgate with <laughs> Michael Keane and again unsure if, if Seamus Coleman will be fit so John Joe Kenny at right back I think we've got to stick with that three man midfield of Rooney, Davies and, and Garner because I just feel like it works so well and we, we need to stick with that consistency and the three men up front Sigurdsson I'm going to say Nias because, you know, the lad scored in his last game. It was a very good performance from him. Although I would like to see Tosin start, it, 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 I can understand if Nias gets the nod and Walcott on the other wing. Gotcha. David, what are you thinking? Um, I can't add anything to that. Uh, yeah, Pickford. Um, I mean, dare I say, obviously we can't with Mangala because he's injured, but yeah. I'd, I'd probably just play the exact same team that we played at Palace. Um, if it's possible. Obviously, I know Coleman's adult, isn't he? So it might be a case of Kenny coming back in. But Martina, definitely, you know, he's he's actually been contributing slightly in, 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 up the field as well, hasn't he? He's got a couple of assists to his name, or at least he's created chances. So I think he's in a bit of... Um, I don't know if form's the right way, but yeah. he's certainly contributing <laughs> to the game. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I go with the same back four. I think Holgate's got to come in. Um you know, I'd like to see, in terms of midfield and forward, just the exact same again. You know, Rooney, Gay, Davies, who, you know, by all accounts had a really good game. And then Walcott, Nias and Sigurdsson. Um, I think Walcott, for me at the moment, is the first name on the team sheet. Maybe with Sigurdsson, both of them being fantastic. Rooney's really adapting to that sitting role, doing a lot better than Schneiderlin. So... I'm with you a little bit. I don't, I'd like to see Tosin, I really would, but I think he's going to go with Nias and... If this is going to be one week, we can't complain because he did score in his last game. Uh, very similar themes in my lineup as well. Uh, Pickford, Kenny, Martina. Uh, 
I I'm hoping he goes with Holgate against a team that's got you know some quicker upfront players. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he goes with Holgate, I, I don't know. I I feel like Holgate and Williams are a quicker uh, center back pairing than Keane would be. I don't know why. I've mm-hmm. just always felt like Williams is a quicker player. Maybe not as tall, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I but uh, so I'm gonna go Kenny Holgate Williams Martina then. Uh, Gay, Rooney, Davies, Sigurdsson, Walcott, and Nias. Uh, again, I, I would also like to start Tosin and uh, bring in Nias off the bench because I feel like that's that's a more ideal situation. Um, but I, I think Big Sam is all about results and stats and all that stuff. So I think he starts Nias. I could see Tosin coming in in the last like, 25, 30 minutes of the game. Mm. I could see that yeah. happening. DCL coming in for Walcott because that, he's been doing that lately. Um, so I could see that happening. And you know what? Schneiderlin could end up coming in if for some reason we have a lead and he wants to protect it. That might mm. happen. You know? Do, do you think that under Sam's watch, this is one of the expected wins? Yes, I do. Actually, oh. the thing is, like the way he said earlier, I think he tipped it off. He's going to do less rotation. You know what he's yeah, saying? Yeah, I just think particularly with it being away, and we all know what shit show the last away performance was. So I'm just, uh, and he's always first to comment on, you know, the home form is yeah. where we place all the importance. So it, it just, I'm just erring on the side of caution. Yeah. That, you know, it, come, it comes what half four on Saturday, and we see a completely different lineup to what yeah. we're expecting. Yeah, you're kind of bracing yeah. for it. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, just in case. I, I don't think he's going to do it. I don't. But you know what? We've come now – now that I'm realizing it was Sam who said that they won't be rotating as much now, mm. he lies. He's, he, he lies <laughs> a lot. He, he just feeds untruths to the media. So maybe, maybe he'll go three at the back again. Who knows? <laughs> you know, I just – I feel like he sees a team that is below us in the table as a winnable game regardless if it's away or home. Mm-hmm. I hope that's the way. You know what yeah. I mean? So uh, anyway. But uh, so predictions. David, who, who wins this? What's the, what's the score? <clears throat> Um, I, I'll be honest. I'm I'm not confident. I think Watford aren't great, but our away form is just so poor, and it has been for so long that there's not a team in the league that I, I fancy Everton to go to and, and, and win at the moment. I don't. Th- it's not a case of not being good enough. I just don't believe they have enough belief to go and win a game. I, I feel like if we would draw and one one with 80 minutes on the clock. We'd be the ones sitting back where there's other teams would go on to try and win it. For that reason alone, I don't fancy a win. I think it's going to be a one-all draw. But I just think that you know, in reality, we should have we should have been in the half for that that next round in the FA Cup. And to, to the fact that they've gone away to Dubai, it's almost it's almost like coming back from from a preseason or coming back from a break. You want to start. You want you know, you want to kickstart again with a bang. And I'm I'm hoping that's how the lads approach this game. Um, again, uh, if this if this match was coming up a, a week after the Crystal Palace game, I probably would have been similar to David. But I just feel like the fact you know they've had the trip away to Dubai, with very much the focus being on being more cohesive as a team. Um, I just um, I, I think that it's going to be a three-one win. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm honestly I'm confident as well, uh, mainly because I'm confident in this formation and this lineup from the mids forward. Yeah, you know, I'm that. feeling much better when you have those three guys in the middle, and Walcott on one side, Sigurdsson on another, and I don't really care which strikers in there. I'm fine with any of those three popping up there. I think we could get a result with any any three of them, any one of the three. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm more worried about our wing backs, our, our outside backs, uh, giving yeah. up silly opportunities to their speed. Um, having said that, that, I I think we'll give up a goal, but I'm going to say two one. I think we're going to win. You know, uh, 
I, I felt pretty confident going to the last one too, because I was hoping he would go back to that that thing that was working, you know, uh, which he did, which was cool. I mean, our predicted lineups last time were pretty on point, guys. We were like change. we were like one or two players off, and I was like <laughs> I was like alert the media people, <laughs> we, we got something right. Uh, so yeah, uh, but so, I, we're none of us are predicting a loss, which of course you know what that means. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Blues, our bad. Uh, but yeah, um, uh, it's gonna be confusing when I'm watching this with my kid on Saturday and Zed card start, starts starts playing, and my kid's like, "Are they at Everton?" <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> they wish they were <laughs> trying to be. So, um, serious question though: Who was playing Zed cards first? Was and we were because I know it's a really old tune i know that but that's and i did a little research on it one day but i i wasn't completely sure how the history of that worked out so i mean yeah it was someone might correct me but even if i knew for a fact it wasn't us i would point blank seven <laughs> yeah thank you that's wonderful Just die on the sword that you live by <laughs> so so is this more of the uh de la feo derby or the uh zed cars derby the zed cars derby that's what I, that's what i've been calling it the zed cars derby <laughs> nice so guys, that's that's been our Watford preview. We're uh, for the most part we're confident. David's a little more cautious, but uh, yeah, I think I think it could be a good game though. I think it'll be exciting. So yeah. We're gonna be uh, hearkening back. To the past in another Remember Me segment. Uh, so, this guy is from Argentina. Alright, he uh, came in 2011 on a uh, season-long loan deal from Tigre in the Argentinian League. Six-foot-three striker. Alright, uh, got his first goal against Fulham in the FA Cup. He got a, he got a, st- a standing ovation for his play in the 1-0 win over Man City. Uh, scored uh, scored the second goal against Blackpool in the FA Cup. Got his first Premier League goal against Chelsea. He was a cult hero due to his hard work and commitment. Uh, and right now, in 2017 and 2018, he's been on loan, uh, play, played for Tigre again. He's back there. He's played 14 games, had a couple yellow cards, no goals. Uh, I, I most of you know who I'm talking about already. I am talking about Dennis Strackwellersi, the Strack. Uh, so, guys, tell me about the Strack because I was not following Everton that year. I when it, like like you just like when you listed the goals, I was a bit gutted because I just I, I probably wanted to go into his goals. But the one thing I really noticed about Strackwellersi was the reaction from the crowd and the reaction from the man himself when he grabbed the goal. And I, I remember the three goals very clearly. Um, they were all at Goodison. The, um, the one against Fulham, he broke down in tears with my guy Guy on his shoulders, trying to follow him everywhere. Um, yeah, again, I, I remember his performance against Man City when Darren Gibson got that 1-0 goal. And he just he had lungs of iron. The man would not stop running. He'd close everything down. He'd, ch- he'd chase and he just would be relentless. Um, again, again, the one against Blackpool, I think, I'm not going to say fluke, but I think it was um, it was a bit of a scruffy goal, but they, they all count, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, that Chelsea one is a, from a game that's very fun to me, the uh, the 2-0, the 2-0 where Pienaar come back, Pienaar got the first goal, and Strack got the second Um yeah, I just uh, the 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 reaction from the supporters the man managed to get. You know, he he was part of a very underwhelming summer transfer window. I remember that we lost Mikel Arteta, much to my devastation, and we brought in Royston Drenter and Dennis Drakulaisi on loan. We were like, "What the fuck have we just done?" <laughs> and um, but all in all, that season was probably my favourite season in football. Um, wow. Again, in the January we went and got. Nick- Kichi Jelovic and kind of 
made a better goal as the season got on. I think that was the season we kind of cost Manchester United the title. And um, yeah, I just I just remember that those performances and the ovations that Strachwell actually got, because um, you just wouldn't have expected the fans in the way that he did. Mm. Uh, so I I seem to remember more of a kind of laughter factor behind him. Certainly, an admiration for his work ethic, but. Yeah, I always remember he rugby tackled the player. I can't remember who that was against. <laughs> where he basically he just been chasing shadows, and then on the last one he just steamrolled him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he it was a strange one because he was just known to just run around like a madman for like the last twenty minutes of a game when he come on. But before that, I don't know if you got the stats there, Jerry. He, I'm sure he'd scored something like forty goals, or <laughs> it might have been maybe say twenty, twenty-five, thirty. In like the Argentinian Division Two league, so we were um, we were expecting we might get a little bit of a goal score. It didn't happen, um, but you know he did. He worked really hard, and he just he, he seemed to just go on and on. And he was he's quite tough, but I think we all knew we weren't getting more than a year. Yeah. Because um, he just it, it, when we when it comes down to he wasn't he wasn't good enough. He was, he was never Premier League level, but he's just one of these kind of obscure Everton players that. You know, get remembered for all the right reasons, just because of how hard they work and you know just the kind of spirit they have. And as I said, there was a bit of a laughter factor behind him, but you know he did. He worked very hard, and he, you know he had a good time here. I think, and I I, I I remember seeing an interview not so long ago with him, and he he talks very fondly about his time and everything. I think we were probably his marquee club mm-hmm. while he was on loan here of his career that he'll always kind of look back on. So. Yeah, not but fond memories. I remember that the one that stands out the most is the Chelsea goal because that was a big one. Um, so yeah, I like them. So would you say that's your your best strike moment is the Chelsea goal? No, I'd say it was the rugby tackle. I'd love <laughs> to remember who that was on. Um, if I can get a clip, I'll try and we'll try and put it in the the bio for people to have a look at if I can find it. But you definitely nailed someone. It was ruthless, but it was fantastic as well. Just summed them up. No, he was doing, doing more stuff like that than actually scoring goals, but that was probably my best mem- memory of him. Mm. So, uh, Max, you mentioned a few there, and you said you mentioned uh, two of them in particular, like they were especially fond. Which one is your favorite? Um, I think it's got it's got to be that Chelsea goal because mm. um, the I think the performance in general was was very good. And just I uh, remember the atmosphere of Goodison that day being particularly volatile and mm. uh, and what everything that Goodison should be really, and for him to to score kind of put the cherry on the top of the cake and yeah it, it again it's just a game that I remember very fondly probably more so for Pena than for the Strack but um, yeah he, he he deserves a mention for that so. Uh... We mentioned this off camera, but I'm going to ask again to where everybody else can hear. If you're explaining to someone like myself who's only, who hasn't been able to watch, was not able to watch this track live, I, I've had to look at YouTube videos to get an idea. I'm so mm. angry I didn't get to witness that, you know, when it was happening. Who would you compare him to in order to kind of communicate to me, like, how he played and his relationship with fans and everything? I, I said that in my in my opinion anyway, uh, there's only there's really only one man that you could compare him to, and that's Omar Nias. The man could not control a thing. It was had one of the dodgiest first touches I've ever seen on a footballer. Yeah, his work ethic and it and his just desire to play for Everton was, was apparent, and it was he was just one of those lads you could you had nothing but ad, admiration for him. Yeah, I am. Um... I couldn't, I couldn't relate to Nias one at first because Nias has kind of built himself into a, a mm. genuine spot player these last few months. But certainly, you know that kind of Nias September October time when he he come back from the dead almost definitely. You know people were laughing their head off when he when he seen Nias he like running at people, ball bouncing off his shins, and <laughs> that's exactly what Strackle race he was. You know it was just it was bouncing off him and. 
he chased the ball down. He was never getting there, but everyone was like, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) He was never going to do anything, but it was just, you know, it was just that kind of fun factor watching him. And um, it's one of those plays that, as I said, they'll never be remembered as a great, but they'll always be remembered. So, uh, Anything else to add about this guy? Do you guys remember anything about like what he was like, like in interviews with the public? Anything at all? I don't think his English was his English was awful, wasn't it? So I think that just kind of endeared him to us even more. Yeah, you know, there was the the communication barrier was there. Yet you could see how much he loved he loved us, and you know. I've always got a you know a lot of admiration for players. I'm like, sure he kissed kissed the badge after he yeah, scored. Kissed the badge against Fulham, you know, pointing to the sky, crying, and you know, you just yeah. you know, again, I just echo what David said. It really is kind of the the marquee club that he's played for. Look out for his um his piece in one of the. I'm pretty sure if you Google there's him and Everton, you'll find it's only. 12 months old or um, have a read it's a good uh, interview with him yeah I guess that is that's it for Remember Me the Strack we are going to take it away from the football now uh we don't just talk about football all day, you know. We have we have other lives, uh, and sometimes that includes other sports. Yes, you heard that correctly. Sometimes we cheat on football. It happens. Um, so, guys, what else do you guys watch? Because I know you, uh, you guys being in Britain and I'm in America, I feel like we might have grown up playing different sports. So what are you guys into that's not football? I'm very football orientated. But um, in terms of other sports, I'm I'm a a keen MMA fan. I watch quite a lot of MMA. Um, And uh, and other than that, really, I'm struggling to to find you an answer, really. Just football and MMA are the... um, the two kinds of sports that I take a genuine, uh, genuine interest in. You know, I'll, I'll take interest in the media coverage of it. I'll, I'll take interest in the, the, the event slash games themselves. So, and you know, I, I touch on boxing a bit, not as much as I used to when I when I was a kid, because I, I used to like boxing a lot more when I was a kid. But, um, which again, I, I probably should get more into boxing because I, I, I probably have a lot more of a technical appreciation for it now than what I did when I was younger. But, um. Yeah, if it was, you know, to, the two sports I'd feel most comfortable covering would be uh, football and, and MMA, really. Do you watch, you mentioned you mentioned watch certain events. Do you watch things like the Super Bowl? Do you watch any, like, big championship games of other, or anything like that? You know what? No. Um, I, I, I didn't watch the Super Bowl. The, you know, I just, I like I'll only really watch a big event if there's an interesting kind of human angle to it, if you know what I mean. So I kind of I looked over the Super Bowl a bit because I saw the Eagles were in the final, and then I've always kind of got the impression that the Eagles are sort of like the Everton of American football. So I, I just I'd say there's a lot. few of those actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Say, I, I tell you, I'll go into that a little bit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, really, not not at all. Wow. Well, that's. It's fascinating because uh, I know we were talking about the Olympics as well, and you were kind of like, "Eh, I was watching a lot of football." <laughs> so yeah, um, David, how about you, man? Um, yeah. <laughs> should have went first. I don't look like I'm copying. Um, yeah, so I'm quite similar. So MMA is a, is a big one for me. Um, I went to UFC 200, which was in Las Vegas, um, and then I went to a few months later. I went to UFC 205, which was the first one in New York's Madison Square Garden. Um, it was where McGregor won his lightweight title, um, which was a fantastic trip. I've grown to hate the man in recent times, but at the time he was fantastic. Um, 
Yeah, so that's a big thing for me. I've been to a few local events. They have something called Cage Warriors over there, which is quite often on in Liverpool. I've been to a couple of them. Um, similarly, I used to be into boxing. I find once you kind of start watching more of MMA, you, you lose your, your love for boxing a little bit um, just because it's very one-dimensional where there's MMA's got so many different disciplines in, in, in kind of one thing. Mm. Um, outside of them... American football is a funny one, actually. Um, I had a spell where I was really into it. And I I went to see the Jets at MetLife. Um, wow. Kind of adopted them as my team, which is the Everton of the NFL, trust me. Um, <laughs> they won football, haven't they, Jerry? And then, except uh, that was what, about 50 years ago now, in the 60s, wasn't it? And, they being they just get completely overlooked because they're in the same division as the Patriots who just win it every single year. Um, so the, then the but the game I went to see was a really good one. They were against the Bills, which obviously is a division rivalry, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I, and they won, so I enjoyed that. I just the problem with batting supporting the Jets is the. Uh, I get enough shit from supporting Everton that then to kind of put myself through it with the Jets as well. So I find them very much a part-time fan, but I do enjoy it. But I, I think I enjoy more the, the American aspect of camera. I was saying to you how mad America is, but I do love the country and you know, I enjoy watching. You know, we over here, we get the NFL in American commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, so we basically get your live stream and then just when it cuts to the ads, it goes back to our kind of right. ads in their studio um, so you feel like you can really embrace the culture of the game over there um, I enjoy big golf tournaments as well um, you know like the um, the Opens and the Masters and stuff but I'm, once again I'm not a massive golf fan uh, I'm not very good on the course either um, but yeah they're my, they're my big ones really um, do you guys yeah, I'm, not, I'm not into rugby no, not into rugby oh Dude. I just felt like a question that was going to come. Yeah, well, see, that's what I was going to say is what do you guys, what did you guys play when you were like growing up with like your friends or at school or? It's the, it's the, it's the, like the PE curriculum in it. You get football, rugby, cricket, and yeah. maybe a bit of basketball. Yeah. Uh, and you just, you just kind of, whatever kind of ticks your boxes, I, I think you kind of grow into as you get older. Yeah. I, I played football and rugby repre- represented the school, but in. <laughs> To give you an idea where I stood in rugby, see all my friends enjoyed it, so I just kind of went with them, and uh, I was always on the wing, and <laughs> my nickname was Persil, which is like a, um, it's like a uh, wash machine cleaning agent, <laughs> I don't know what you call it, because they said I'd, I'd come off cleaner than when I went on, because <laughs> I just... I wouldn't get I wouldn't get involved at all. It wasn't my thing. I was just there for the kind of enjoyment of being around everyone and the fact our school was very, very good. Um but yeah, they they're the only things that I really played. Huh. Yeah, I I kinda played a lot of the sports growing up. So mm. I grew up having, you know, my dad played high school basketball and baseball and golf. And uh, basically, he, you know, he was he knew a lot about that stuff. He didn't really know anything about about football, like soccer. Yeah. Um, he, so I grew up playing basketball, baseball, and football. And American football, I would play with my friends in the backyard. And I I chalk that up to what actually made me kind of tough. You know, when you when you're playing with older kids in the neighborhood and they're tackling you and you feel like you are, have literally been crunched and grounded to the ground. And you're like ten, and, and you but you get up and you cry a little bit, and then you realize you know what I'm I'm alive I'm okay everything's okay, you know it gets yeah. you to the point like when you're playing other sports you get knocked down you get back up like that, you know yeah. It, yeah. it it gets it, it kind of starts breaking the stereotype of the the fragile footballer if you will, yeah. uh, which is a big stereotype here in America. That's kind of what they think about a lot of a lot of what people think about soccer, football, is that it's a lot of you barely get touched and you flop all over the ground. Mm-hmm. That is a common way they think about it here. Um, yeah. So, 
Uh, I ended up playing all, you know, all three of those up until high school, and the one I played the most, and I ran track. But the mo- one I played the most was soccer, football, and I played in college, played football. So the problem is I didn't have a local football team to pull for. So yeah. I grew up being, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't really have a baseball team that I pull for. The Atlanta Braves yeah. are the team that my grandparents liked. My, both my grandpas never missed a game. So I have to like them. But I don't yeah. watch a lot of baseball, despite <laughs> the fact that my kid How plays. You, you know, in America, you know, because the best way, way you could describe it is it's a lot like cricket, isn't it? Where they have test series, which go on for five days. Baseball's the same, isn't it? it go, they, they have like a few games over days. So how do you, how would you watch all of them? So it's, you understand when- the way the way it works is every baseball game is nine innings. And, but some but when you get to like the playoffs and the cha- and the World Series, that yeah. is a best of seven series. So you you know you win the the first game out of the nine innings, then now you're up one zero. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of I've yeah. never understood how cricket tests work. You know what I mean? So it's uh, I've always been yeah, on the impression uh, that it's like it's a, it's sort of like a game that lasts over multiple days. Is that right? It, I, I've been confused for years. So some real cricket buffs are probably going to give me a hard time here, but it it's basically one team will be um, batting and the other team will be bowling and fielding and. The team batting has to get. They have to, I think nine of them go out or ten do. So two, so two will go out, and then they'll just you start bowling and they're trying to rack up as many runs as they can. But obviously they might get bowled out if it hits the wicket or if the if the if the the, the balls cut caught. I'm doing hand motions here. Yeah. It's only going to be on the board. <laughs> uh, if they caught out, and basically the the team bowling is trying to get the team batting out as quick as possible. Um, but they they're getting runs, so if the you can get single runs where basically you have to physically run mm-hmm. from one side to the other, or if you hit the the outside perimeter, that's four runs. If you clear it out straight into the stand, that's six runs. Wow. So you just try to get as many runs as you can. So just say you get two hundred and eighty runs or and you're all out, and then the the other team and then you'll swap round and then you'll be bowling. They'll be batting, and they have to try and beat your score, and that's how it works. So they can, this can last for like a really long time. When does it stop? Oh, yeah. Well, I, well, it, it, it just say that you've you've got a. Well, I think it's similar. If they if you don't get them out, if they get more runs than you, then you've lost. But it might be like you know best out of three type thing, or. Okay. Um, but it, it can go on. For example, the Ashes is massive, as you know, between England and Australia. That started in December, and that went on over Christmas for a long time because it was like five games they played. And even if you win the first three, you still got to play all five. Oh. And then you do a one-day one series, which is basically you. It's all in one day. I'm pretty sure up until recently they're still out there. Mm. The England cricket team. You swapped a lot of players around, but the, so that's been going on for like three and a half months. This tour of Australia. As I said, you need to. We'll we'll get some comments off a of cricket ball. <laughs> See, that's a sport that I would like to watch, but it, with the the package that I have, cable package that I have, I, I there's no way I can watch it. I know there's a there's a, like I can go to a local park where on Saturday mornings I think I can see there's some people out there who get together and play cricket in like a far corner yeah. of the park, which is crazy because <laughs> so they're like this like legendary group that I want I see from like a mile yeah. away and like look there's the cricket players you know <laughs> but that's the only time like I, and I get to see like random little bits that people put on Twitter and that's that's really it so the rules for that they play more rugby here uh, I every once in a while I get to see a little bit of rugby it's usually national teams playing each other um, yeah but I watch uh, usually uh, a lot of American football I'm a Carolina Panthers fan because I'm from North Carolina so I sort of have to be. Yeah. Um, there's not as much like history with them as there is uh, w- with other teams because they've been there since you know, like the early 1900s. Some of those teams and yeah. and the Panthers were only started like in the 1990s. Oh, so weird. And then could the Panthers theoretically just go to like Louisiana, for example, just uproot and go? Yeah, that happens. So that's, how- 
how, how come some teams do that and then like the likes of like the New York sides and all the other some some others are just constantly rooted where they are and will never go anywhere? So it usually has something to do with how much money the team is making. Okay, if a team is not making much money where they are, if they're not having low attendance, not many people care about it. An owner will just figure out a way to uproot and move the team. All right, so the Cleveland Browns were a pretty old team. Their owner, they weren't doing well. Their owner took them and uprooted them, and they became the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, and don't say because the Cleveland Browns isn't. I'm going to let you. Yeah, I can see where you go. The Cleveland Browns that's there now was actually an expansion franchise. So when you see the Baltimore Ravens play, you're really seeing the old Cleveland Browns franchise, and they're like huge rivals. You know what I mean? So isn't it just MK Dons and Wimbledon? Yeah, basically that. But at least MK Dons and Wimbledon are like within like X amount of miles. Like we're talking like other sides of the country sometimes. Yeah. Like who's the Rams? The Rams, the okay. LA Rams now. Aren't L- they? LA Rams were in St. Louis, and so they've been in both of those locations. Um, funny thing, and there's also some like the LA Lakers used to be yeah. the Minneapolis Lakers. What? Okay. Because there's lakes there. The Lakers. <laughs> LA. Not known for its lakes. You yeah. know? The Utah Jazz. Guess where they used to be? Utah Jazz. New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. That's right. They're still called the Utah Jazz. All right? <laughs> so it's funny how sometimes they'll they'll move these franchises and they'll take on a different name. Houston Oilers moved to... Tennessee, and they are we're not they're not the Tennessee Oilers now they are the Tennessee Titans, but Titans, they used to be yeah. the Houston Oilers. So mm-hmm. the the naming of franchises in America is is a weird wild business. The opening like if you've ever seen a comedy movie starring the two South Park guys called Basketball, there's an opening I'll, like I'll there's an opening flurry where it explains how ridiculously silly the uh, Moving of franchises is, is, and it mentions the Minneapolis Lakers, the Utah yeah. Jazz, uh, the Oakland Raiders moved from Oakland to LA and back to Oakland. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, this stuff happens so what, often. If if your team moves, do you still follow them, or you don't? Do you just go? I don't support them anymore. Funny, funny story. Uh, Charlotte Hornets. Growing up, I'm in North Carolina. Charlotte is in North Carolina. That's the team I grew up pulling for. Okay. Uh, they, their owner, picked them up and moved them to New Orleans. And they were the New Orleans Hornets for a little while. Yeah. Finally, and I, I didn't pull for them anymore. You know, for a little while I followed because some of the same players were there. But yeah. but after a while, I mean, we were really hurt. A lot of the people who liked the Hornets, it, was, it, it, it made you angry at the owner. It just, you know, it stings. Pun yeah. intended for the Hornets, <laughs> but but then the Charlotte got its got a new franchise. They called it the Bobcats because there was some reason for that they couldn't be the Hornets. All right, they were the Bobcats for a while, and they recently just, became the Charlotte Hornets again. Just for the non, because there's no visual on these clips. Max's head is about to fall. <laughs> Trying to keep up with this. <laughs> so many names, so many locations. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? And, uh, well, that's actually one of the reasons why a lot of people get disenfranchised with professional sports and they follow college. All right? Yeah, yeah. I can understand. Ah, that, like, that makes a, a lot more sense to me now. Yeah, I can understand that completely. Yeah. Because yeah, they get like 80,000, don't they, for these college games? And Yeah. But the, the college players not get paid. <laughs> if I just open the can of worms so um, uh, they're not supposed to be alright yeah. they're not supposed to be uh, that it's pretty I'd say it's a pretty wide understanding that they do and yeah. a lot of people are starting like campaigns to basically say yeah they should be why not um, yeah. for me I'm not a big fan of that because I feel like that then makes them professional and it yeah, changes exactly. things yeah well, where was I, I was watching a college game in, in New York, maybe five years ago now. This was a while ago, and um, this guy was on there, and he he was taking an um, it's, it's a drop goal, is it? 
Is that what you call it? We have field goal, sorry. Field goal, yes. Yeah. Now well, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> he had a field goal and he was like a specialist. And I'm sure he was like 30. And he was like a veteran of the college game. I was thinking, why has he never played professionally like at a higher level? And that would make sense. Well, if he's just got a... Sometimes they'll have grad students playing that are a little older. Usually you oh, don't yeah. see like a 30-year-old playing Division One college ball. But I know when, when I played for the small school that I played for, we yeah. had a, a guy, a player from Finland, who was on our team, who was, I think he was 26. And, oh, yeah. You know, and yeah, uh, he was good and all. He was cool. He was married. He came to our school <laughs> and he was married as a freshman. Right. You know, yeah. it, was, uh, it was awesome. He's a, he loved heavy, heavy metal. Tommy Tuesterry was his name. What, yeah. what do you um, what do you think of the return of the uh, is it XFL? The Vince McMahon okay. one. I watched the XFL when they first put it out there. <laughs> yeah, I and remember it's it. Such poor quality football. It's almost <laughs> unwatchable. All right. Yeah. The only cool thing that I liked out of the XFL, there was this one guy named Rod Smart. And on the back of his jersey, you could have you could have different names put on your jersey. You don't have to have your last name on there. Yeah. So on the back of his jersey, it said, "He hate me," <laughs> and everybody knew him as "He hate me." And ESPN would show him all the time, "He hate me." Well, he ended up playing for the Panthers. And the first time we went to the Super Bowl, he was our kick returner, Rod Smart. And his and in his picture, his little profile picture when they show it before you know by his name on games, yeah. his hair. He had this awesome afro that was bigger than the square picture that they had taken of him. He Hate Me was was amazing. I always said I wanted to get a Panthers jersey with He Hate Me on it. But I'm poor, and I've never done it. So there's that. Uh, but, yeah, so so uh, college sports, I watch a lot of college basketball because NCAA tournament happens in March, guys. And that is fully worth your time to watch if you can. That's way yeah, more yeah. passion and grit and you're seeing – and it's cool because it's like about 64 teams. Now it's like 68 teams because they have like some play-in games. And they do single elimination tournaments. So it's a little bit like FA Cup with only college yeah. teams, but they're seeded based on how big the team is. And, uh, yeah, and it's, it just, it's like so much basketball at once. And I'm a Wake Forest mm-hmm. fan, which means it's a little bit like being an Everton fan, except <laughs> Wake Forest never won. So that should tell you – I'm a Panthers fan, an Everton fan, and a Wake fan. I am a glutton for punishment, friends. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but but yeah, it's I'm just a guy who's pretty much my life has been shaped by sports. Yeah, you know, but it's weird how my job now is film. <laughs> yeah. So I'm in the arts. Yeah. It's weird. Um, so guys, anything else on this, or do, do we feel like we've thoroughly given uh, non-football sports? A nice coverage. You certainly give American sports a good coverage, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, you did give a pretty extensive explanation of how cricket works to me. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just say. I'd say eighty percent. So your eighty percent is probably inaccurate, but as I said, <laughs> I'm sure someone pull me up on it. Uh, right on. Okay, so that has been our non-football segment on other sports. We're going to get in our DeLorean now, all right? Uh, we're going to get in our hot tub. Go back go back in time, because we recently had a transfer window, and I'm sure like 10 years from now, some of these transfer rumors are going to seem ridiculous, okay? But we're going to go back to, uh, in the past, as far as 2004, and talk about some of the transfer rumors, you know, me is, is kind of a fairly fresh Everton supporter. A lot of these I was kind of amazed by. So maybe you guys will be as well. So, mm. 2004, I was reading a bunch of stories about how Rooney was having uh, in-training bust-ups with, uh, with Moyes, saying something about, you got me for free, and, uh, but you put a $30 million <laughs> price tag on my head. You know, it's, it's crazy. And it seemed like it was all done and dusted. He was going to United, but... Apparently, Newcastle were rumored to have made a £20 million bid for him. And 
apparently Newcastle were in for Rooney. Yeah, I feel like that sounds a lot more out there than it actually was because at the yeah, time, Newcastle were a good side. Yeah, yeah, they were a good side. I think they got um, they were doing well in the European World Champions League. Uh, did they get to a semi-final? Was it Newcastle that got to the semi-final? We'll have to check. I'm sure they, they certainly got far anyway. Um, so that w- wouldn't be that out there. They, they, Newcastle are one of these clubs that don't win anything ever but still maintain this kind of massive club tag. Maybe not so much recently after the, a couple of relegations, but certainly at that time, they'd have, had a few good run-ins with the league title. Um, took United to the wire once or twice. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I actually remember that. Oh, yeah, when I was researching this exact thing, because I went out and did research on Newcastle at that time. and they... Like we all do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nerd. Apologies. <laughs> but, no, I mean, they, they were a strong side at that time. So uh, it, it's, it's not a crazy – it was not a crazy, ridiculous uh, <laughs> rumor at the time. I guess you look at it now, though, it's kind of – the idea of him playing just seems kind of unheard of for them, you know? Yeah. Um, also, I thought this was kind of equally interesting. Uh, there was a rumor that Moyes was going to resign in protest if Rooney was sold. Mm. And um, Once again, that, yeah, because at the time, nobody actually thought Rooney was going to leave. Even though he was so good, people were convinced he was staying. Um, so, yeah, I remember that as well. Um yeah, I mean, never. <laughs> he stuck around for one or two more years, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, they were, what I read, they were offering him a contract extension that summer, that same summer. So, yeah. uh, so let's go to 2006, where uh, apparently the rumors lasted all, uh, for a good part of the summer that Everton were battling Man City and Newcastle for Spurs' Robbie Keane. And the rumored fee was five million. So yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ, football inflation, eh? <laughs> yeah, that's Changed the thing. Yeah, uh, I mean, you think about uh, the fact that we bought Umar Nias for thirteen million. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about the Keen that was arguably in his prime as well. Now we're not talking about yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about LA Galaxy Robbie Keen here. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know what you're trying to say. Are you trying to say the Galaxy weren't good? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was that was one that kind of caught my eye. Another one was uh, apparently uh, we were connected with uh, a young player from Borussia Mönchengladbach named Michael Bradley. Yeah, mm-hmm. American player, center, center, center mid. He, uh, apparently he had played well in the Confederations Cup in South Africa. And uh, so, yeah, we were, we were in for him, apparently. And also, we approached Villarreal, Villarreal uh, about getting Josie Altidore on loan in the same year. Um, that Football match legend there. <laughs> that was, that's one of those guys who was solid in other leagues, but not this one. Mm. You know? Uh, I know, I remember he was in the Dutch league. He was banging him in for fun. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he's done well playing for Toronto. Uh, yeah, uh, he's when I, when he first, I think he came to Premier League play for a couple of teams. What is it, Hull and Sunderland, right? Sunderland, yeah, remember particularly at Sunderland. I was always under the impression that if he was if he was to come to the Premier League, which he did, I thought he had you know the physical attributes to actually thrive. But yep. I just you know I Sunderland in particular. I just remember some of his performances were absolutely dreadful. I think he was um, he was highlighted for the amount of um, unexplainable misses that he had. You know some some of the chances that he that he'd somehow squander. But yeah, he, I, that was a shock to me that he didn't really do well. He reminds me like of a Victor Anachibi type mm-hmm. character yeah. on the pitch. They're very similar. Except I would say other compliments. <laughs> I would say Big Vic's hold up play was much better because mm. if you watch Altidore when he played for Sunderland, because I watched him a lot because I thought he was going to be good, you yeah. know, uh, ball would be coming to him and he'd brace, and center back would come through him and just yeah. win the ball every time. And I remember just getting so angry. And at first, I'm thinking that's a foul. 
Why are they not calling this? He's getting fouled repeatedly. And then I realized, no, it's your job when you play up front to hold those guys off. Mm. You know, he was so bad at that. Um, yeah, and you can't play in Premier League if if you're like him and you're not you're not as quick as some of these some of these other strikers. You know, you got to mm-hmm. have one or the other, uh, and he didn't really. Um, oddly enough, uh, Altidore and Bradley both play for Toronto FC now in MLS, and they just won the league last year. So Sebastian Jovinko, what a player! Wow, that guy's amazing. I've always thought we should go after him. Where's he? I mean, he just is just chilling in MLS. I know. I, I don't that side of the world. Ah man, like the European I, culture. I, that was- I do think the league is getting better, and I, I think it's yeah, more watchable definitely. now. But it's still yeah. not. I mean, if you go, if you literally watch a Premier League game and then an MLS game, you'll hate it. So give it time. After you yeah. give it a wide berth, watch a Premier League game. Give it a few days, maybe a week, then watch an MLS game. <laughs> I went to it um, in New York a couple of years ago. I went to the New York derby between Red Bulls and New York City. Wow! And I was thinking, whoa, this is going to be feisty. Um, because there is already quite, even though it's only a new rivalry, there is bad blood between the two, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. And they, pl- they played the Yankees Stadium, so it was good oh. to take that. Yeah. I, I know. Yeah. But for a tourist like myself, Jerry. Um, but we went there, yeah. And the Red Bulls beat New York City at home 7 0. Yeah. I remember that game. I remember that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Bradley and Wright Phillips. Was that the one that there was riot? Yeah, riots beforehand. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. no way of a lie. We were in those riots. We were like walking as it was all going off, and we were we were just like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're out. We feel like we're on a Prairie Road here on Derby Day. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the idea of them playing at Yankee Stadium, I thought, was amazing when they first came out with it. And yeah. I was, and you were right, taking that. I mean, honestly, that would be big for me, regardless. And I'm, yeah. and I'm just some, you know, I'm, a, I'm an American guy. I've never been to Yankee yeah. Stadium, but, yeah, but when you watch the football and you see how tiny that field is when they have to do that, yeah. that pitch is so thin, and it's just a different game when you watch. I, I don't really like watching it like that. But if no. I had the opportunity to go to a derby there, Dave, yeah, I would love it. You're yeah. right. It would be cool. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. To be fair, it was, it was when I. Um, it was the, it was really good because the because you're still kind of in the MLS, you still kind of have the, the American culture there. So they still do these big bucket of chicken wings and massive like cause light and Bud Light and all that. And obviously we're going there, and because you're sitting in the baseball kind of stadium seats, you've got like a big table next to you. You put your drink in there. You've got your food here. You're in like a, these comfy seats. No. For us, we used these plastic horrible things, but they legs are spread out. You're like arms <laughs> each side, like this. Right, fantastic, loved it. And they had the FA Cup final on where United beat Palace, was it? Yeah, they had that. On. I was talking about that the other day with my granddad. Yeah. That, that that would have been us, wouldn't it? That was the, that was the final where it should well, have been us. I remember being sick, thinking it, I, I'm going to miss the FA Cup final if we get there. So I was mm-hmm. almost glad we got beat, but um, I wasn't. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> the. Um, it was fantastic watching that beforehand and then going to sit down and watching the game and just stuffing our face. Yeah, I don't know if any of the games that I've been to have comfy seats with, with yeah. chairs like that. It's like I've been to I've been to like Panthers games, Wake Forest games, but I've never had the – it's like a stadium seating for a theater or something. I haven't yeah, had that, that before. That, that is yeah. the best way you could describe it. Oh, You've got crazy. little holders for your drinks. It was like a sit. Uh, so after that little stroll into MLS, uh, we are apparently in 2008, 2009, we were also linked with Rude Van Nistelrooy. As if. I think, he, I think he was older at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, if, if, if I'm not mistaken, that, that I've always been a very big fan of the squad we had from that year. That was the year that we got to the FA Cup final, wasn't it? Um, and we, you know, we did we did have a decent side, but not quite to the caliber of a, of a Rude Van Nistelrooy. Yeah, yeah. And the, the problem was we we didn't even enjoy that side because all we did was moan about having no money. Mm, so we just yeah. actually pay attention to what that we were actually quite good yeah. around that time and should have enjoyed it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even then, Van Nistelrooy was out of our reach. 
And what's funny is the majority of these that I'm mentioning now are that year. Like a lot of these, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven of these rumors are from that same year. So I think it's funny that all, how, a lot of these how, connections how, are recognizable. How many of them are on a free? Um, the only one that's on a free that I can, it would be the last one, but I'm holding that one off. Right, yeah. All right. Um, so uh, also we, uh, we were connected with a, with a young player from uh, Saint-Étienne named uh, Blaise Mutuidi. Oof. So, That's yeah. Yeah, I was just watching that. Uh, there's a show on Netflix uh, about Juventus, like a docu-series. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it talks about how they just purchased, uh, just bought him. And I, I, and I was like, oh, wow, this guy's great. And my wife and I were watching that. It's, it's solid, by the way. I've never, I don't get to see those kind of shows often. And yeah. uh, so I was just thinking, like, gosh, that guy's good. And then I read that, and I'm like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, so here's one that the mirror reported as being practically a done deal. Uh, it said that Everton have beaten off competition from a number of clubs for the services of, uh, a Leeds kind of a wonder kid named Fabian Delft. Yeah. I remember that one. I remember it, it, it seemed a done deal that he was coming to Everton. Um, uh, wait, did he go to, it was Aston Villa he went to instead. Yeah. Yeah, team Everton Villa were just like this at the time. Mm. We 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 were both always Cat battling for fifth. Blows back and forth for European football, weren't it? In yeah. So yeah, and obviously he got the he, he ended up going there, but it wasn't meant to be a done deal that he was coming to us. Um, yeah, yeah, I I saw that and I was thinking, you know what? If he was here, or if he had come here, uh, he might still be here. You know what I mean? If you think about I mean, it, I think, because... I think he'd, certainly, he'd certainly solve the left-back dilemma. Mm-hmm. He put in a few good solid performances at left-back with one shitty. Yeah, he has. So, you wonder yeah. if one of our managers would have put him there, though. You know? Yeah, true. True. Highly uh, unlikely. So, I think we saw true colours when he left for City. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not on beat video. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying. Mean, still loyalty in football. And literally, that was <laughs> 50 days, was it? He, he left. <laughs> Yeah, that was a thing that happened. Damn, I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, so I've saved this last one for last. Um, we were apparently very close to getting a, a player on a free from Newcastle, bringing him back to Merseyside. Uh, Michael Owen. <laughs> apparently we were <laughs> connected with him in 2008 and 2009. Boyo Devatonian. Yeah. Hmm. As the, as a lot of Demler, their heroes are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they are, yeah. So, uh, th- that one did seem like it had legs. It seems like he had a few options on the table. Hmm. Uh, and Evan did seem one. I, I, I can't remember why, what, how it petered out. Obviously, it did, but I can't remember. Um, but yeah, it's probably best that we know. Oh, because then he did sign. I think that was it. He, he was at Newcastle, and then he was getting linked with Ever- Everton and a few other similar level clubs. And then he ended up going to United, and everyone was like, "Yeah, I can't believe Ferguson's brought Michael Owen. What, yeah. How has this happened?" And then he obviously, I can't remember how many goals he scored, but he scored that massive win against like Manchester Derby when they won four three. Um, but yeah, you know, I forgot about that at the time. The outrage, everyone was thinking. Because people were like, oh, Michael Owen, uh, are we sure, you know, always injured? And then suddenly Man United was in for them and everyone was like, Michael Owen, of course, what is the business by Ferguson, the master? Uh, but I was saying to the guy, I was saying to YouTube, wasn't I, off camera, that we were linked heavily with um, Aaron Ramsey as well, between us and Arsenal together. And um, for some reason, he chose Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, luckily it hasn't worked out for them off down there uh, <laughs> but yeah I think that would have been a great sign what year was I that? I, when when he signed for last from, uh, from Cardiff yeah it's got to be 08 09 Cardiff. maybe yeah. wow right. I didn't see that one in there that is interesting yeah because yeah. even then I still had a kind of name for playing youth uh, or yeah, giving youth a chance at least so 
it was like you'll get more playing time at Everton yeah. as opposed to Arsenal. Um, but as I said, for some crazy reason, he, he chose Arsenal. <laughs> mm. I think the the ones that um, kind of arose from when we got the machinery investment kind of uh, did provided a few chuckles. I remember, you know, the like, you know, some of the names getting thrown about Axel Witzel, Wan Mata. Yeah. You've got, you know, you had fans going up to Ronald Koeman going, uh, Axel Witzel and Wan Mata, are they happening? And he's going, possibly. But... Yeah. What, Draxler. Draxler was yeah. the one I was going to mention. Draxler. Yeah. I remember that. Jeez, that one. Even that the, oh, come on. Even this summer, Diego Costa. Yeah. What's really funny is a lot of these, if you, because I was keeping up because I'm the transfer nerd looking at rumors and everything. Uh, I sort of think that Axel Witzel wanted, what well, we had an agreement with him and then he yeah. changed his, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people who thinks that one was close. Well, yeah. there's loads of instances, and, and they become particularly Evertonized. If that can become a word, you know, we got that bad decision. Yeah, the one from the one from Club Bruges, where we we've we've, we've um, brought him in, announced that we've signed him, then he failed his medical, so okay. we have to kind of make a statement saying, "Oops." And then when uh, was that? Who was that? A Rafa. What year was that? Was that Moises last year? I think that oh, was around. Yeah. But I think my my favorite one, the Leroy Fair one, that came out, and yeah. then the all the kind of the, the bizarre stories of his past sort of came out where he's he's bought his girlfriend a horse even though she lives in a flat, yeah. <laughs> and all and all things like this. And he you know he he's event, he eventually failed his medical and everything, and he's kind of found a path there with Swansea. Mm-hmm. Again, you kind of think because he did look like a strong player of Feyenoord, you thought he's he. he, he Kind of one of the what ifs for me mm-hmm. because yes, granted he played for Swansea, but I kind of look at him and think, you know, if you would have come into the Everton side and you know we could have integrated you into the start eleven, you know, we could have got like a great potential out of you, but yeah. it wasn't to be. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these, a lot of the ones that you guys mentioned, I actually think we were having conversation with them. I don't really, I didn't really have a whole lot of faith in Draxler. I didn't think that was no. really going to happen. No. Um, I didn't have any faith faith in the Timo Werner, Timo Werner, you know, from Leipzig. Mm-hmm. That that rumor yeah. you heard about. So we know there's a lot more of these weird transfer rumors out there. We know that we're purposefully holding some of these back, all right, because we want to be able to do this again. All right, we want to do more of these. Um, mm-hmm. So because uh, I'm assuming there's just going to be tons of comments saying, "Hey, did you know we were?" You know, linked yeah. with Ronaldo. Yeah, tell us about that time you saw Raquel May on County oh, Road. I was going to say <laughs> yeah, that one would be nailed on. So, guys, I guess that's it for uh, uh, outlandish transfer rumors from the past, and that is it for uh, the big show for the pod people out there. Uh, if you've been listening via podcast, thanks. Please subscribe to the podcast, the Toffee Blues podcast, and rate it if you can. Also. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are close to 500. We're really close. So we'd appreciate it. Leave a like, leave a comment. That'd be just sweet. Check out uh, David's stuff on the Sportsman, but also on the Toffee Blues uh, website. Check out Max's stuff on the Toffee Blues website. Check out the Toffee Blues website. Lots of analysis there. Uh, Check them out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I think I'm done plugging. Uh, But, yeah, guys, I guess that's it. Uh, uh, I'll talk to you later. And, yeah, thanks a lot. For Max, for David, and for me. Bye.